Welcome to the Fancy Fruit Podcast, dedicated to aspiring entrepreneurs who are stalling, sabotaging, or have even stopped building the business of their dreams. In every episode, we'll help you build your resilience muscle, grow your confidence, and motivate you to keep going and not quit. So let's get real, let's get transparent, and get ready to hang with me, your host, Tamika Smith, because I am your biggest cheerleader and I want to see you manifest the life of your God-given dream. Look, getting a running start on your business with excitement for the world to latch on to the service or product you are providing can come to a standstill when the world doesn't return that same excitement to you. In other words, believing you have the best idea, product, service, and not having immediate success with hundreds of clients and thousands of sales can be dumbfounding, especially when you really believe in yourself and naively assume immediate success will come because of it. At least this was my struggle. Unrealistic expectations of overnight success immediate success and that things will fall all into place quickly just because I decided to follow through on my business idea and start it. You see, I felt if I had a good idea and executed my idea with good work and put it out to the world, then of course the world would immediately get it and reward me for my genius and phenomenal idea. Everybody would be on board. Social media algorithms would immediately recognize that my little account needed to be recognized and needed exposure to millions of accounts and all other elements and all people would jump on my idea because my idea, product, service, and that making millions would happen easily because I simply just started my business. Sounds really ridiculous, huh? Of course, they're going to tune in. I won't have to explain myself or sell my product or my service, things would just happen for me. And when none of those things happened, I was truly puzzled and frustrated at why things weren't working. What in the world am I doing wrong? Because of course, if I did everything right and I had this great idea, things would just blow up in my favor, right? What was I thinking that just by agreeing to do something that I thought was a good idea, and put in little sweat equity to manifest it, would come about these great rewards immediately. And then couple my stupid and false expectation with the fact that I was comparing myself to others crippled my mindset even more. Now, it's good to study your peers to learn about them in your industry and how the market is responding to your competition. But I was also wrongly assuming that they were having little debt only had to put in a little effort to generate such great success. My tainted mindset of thinking things came easily for them for me also made me think that things came easily for them. As I looked at other accounts and businesses, I saw how they seemed to be in their flow and how customers were just vibing with them. And I know we shouldn't compare ourselves to others, but if I'm looking for examples and studying peers in my industry, how can I not use them as a benchmark? But the problem was, I wasn't learning from them. I was just measuring them. 
and then using them as a measuring stick, holding them as the golden standard of how well I should be doing. I was looking at their social media and how the hundreds of thousands of followers they had, how great their sales were, and thinking it just all came easy to them. Stupid, right? Again, I was projecting my thoughts of why success appeared to uh, appeared onto them just like I thought success should appear to me, and I couldn't have been further from the truth. I was applying my wrong theory that success came quickly to them and totally overlooked that they also had a starting point. That they evolved to this, and now they are a well-oiled machine because they have 10, 25 years to the game, not just one year. I discounted that they had mistakes that they encountered along the way. And this is where I had to correct my mindset. One, that success comes to no one overnight. And the second thing I had to correct is that I shouldn't be correcting or comparing my year one to my journey to their year 10. Both of these two mistakes are common for in what we as people and also entrepreneurs make. We wrongly compare ourselves to others. And then it's not even an equal comparison. Would you expect a baby to be able to have the same speaking ability as a 10-year-old? Then we also have to think our new brand, our brand new business, our infant business, performs and grows in the same manner. As I started working on this mindset and replacing it with the right thoughts, it made me wonder, why in the world was I thinking like this? Why did I expect uh, my business to be successful so quickly? And why was I comparing myself to others? Because I knew that if I wanted to correct this thinking because I had realized it was wrong, if I wanted to correct this thinking, I had to change the behavior and dig it up at the root. And I wanted to get to the bottom of it because I knew I wasn't lazy. I knew I was willing to work hard. But somehow, this expectation of things coming to me easily as an entrepreneur had hit me and hit me hard. As I reflected on why we as entrepreneurs get discouraged when things don't immediately work out, my first thought was, it's because everything came to me easy, right? And everything came to us easy. And I thought there was the only problem. It's because everything came to easy me. I wasn't used to having to work for stuff. Looking over my childhood, I didn't have to put much in much effort into being good, even really good at multiple things. I was an A student all the way through high school. I really had to study excessively. I was a natural sprinter and with natural speed. I had great flexibility as a cheerleader. I studied multiple languages in high school without much struggle. I can go on and on and on. Over and over again, there are multiple examples in my life of not having to, re- to work really hard and being successful. And so I almost stopped here on why I hated not having immediate success as an entrepreneur. But then I remembered the pancakes. If you talk to anyone in my family, they'll tell you that my pancakes are the number one thing I put out in the kitchen. Now, I don't do much in the kitchen, but the few things I do cook, I cook well. And my pancakes are highly requested by everybody. Even being in my third trimester, my husband jokingly says the baby told him she wants pancakes. Laughingly, I obliged and sat on my stool in the kitchen as I prepared him pancakes and a full breakfast for him. But this is not the point. The reality is I had to learn how to make pancakes and had to practice over some years to master my technique. And with the pancakes 
and few other things, I realized that there were instances in my life where things didn't come to me easily and I failed in my first several attempts, but somehow I wasn't discouraged. This was true for learning how to make pancakes, braiding my own hair, and even mastering my very nice handwriting. Not to brag, but I always get compliments on how, my, on how nice my handwriting is. And I wondered, what was the difference between these examples from my childhood of not being discouraged in the learning phase and now as an adult being nearly paralyzed by it? Was it because I was younger and just living in the innocence that comes with childhood? Was it because I was seeking something that would satisfy me personally versus trying to do something for money and having an urgency to make money or, or appear successful in front of others right away? Was it the difference between learning how to make pancakes and the whole process that came with it, you know, taking the initiative, not getting discouraged, making know what worked and didn't work um, by trial and error? What was the difference between the pancakes and now? Even in college at Howard, I was on the SEP team my freshman year, and I had to learn the routine and really practice the choreography by putting in work. But all that practice, with that practice, I knew I was practicing. I didn't mind failing while I was learning. But there's something about launching out and providing a service or product and having to actually try in front of people. As an entrepreneur and starting a business, I realized the, the difference was when I didn't hit my goal, I felt like a thousand people were in the front row of the theater watching me fail. And that goes for many of us who are new entrepreneurs. We want to see success and the, the desire to see success is likely amplified because we know others are witnessing our efforts, our slow growth, and watching as we learn along the way. And that reality of someone else knowing I was trying and my attempts not being successful right away was hard to cope with. But as I aimed and committed to renew my mind about failing and failing um, and failing and not being successful right away, I knew I had to renew my mind about failing in public. And I realized that I first had to understand that this is new that this is a new business for me. Marketing is new to me. Pitching my ideas new to me, packaging my services and working with clients is new to me. And then I wasn't really failing at all. I was learning. We are all learning. And if we could put down the false notion that we are failing, if we don't have immediate success, and pick up that we are learning how to be a successful business owner, we can know down, we can knock down the negative and defeating view we hold of ourselves. I reframed my mind from failing in the public to practicing in the spotlight. And changing the language alone was freeing. We are all practicing in the spotlight. As we embark on the journey of entrepreneurship, we aren't failing at all. This is new and there is a learning curve that comes with every new territory. And though I was happy with the new language, I shouldn't be so hard on myself I still didn't like the idea of someone watching me practice. I can't privately practice perfecting social media content. I have to perfect my content and cadence in public along the way. And maybe that's what it really is. Exposing the practice process to the world in the form of what we think is a finished product. When I put out a blog article and didn't receive a thousand likes, I would see it as a failure. 
Yes, now I had to reframe it as a learning opportunity, but I still was putting out a finished product and it wasn't as successful and I put it out in public. Now I have to learn in public with everyone watching. And if everyone is watching, I do want it to be right and successful the first time around. Now, this isn't to be confused with perfectionism. I just want whatever I do to perform well because practicing is meant to be, it's meant to happen in private, right? As entrepreneurs, this is not the way our journey will occur. It happens in the front, out in the open for the world to see. And that is contrary to how the entire world practices. I mean, think about it. Our favorite entertainers, we don't have open access to their to their practices while they're perfecting their shows. Now, there is more access with special behind-the-scenes clips, but even those views and access is curated. Prime example, the queen be herself, Beyonce. Her practices are closed and closed for good reason. She's working to reveal a successful product, end product. We did have more behind-the-scenes access in her Netflix documentary, Homecoming. It showed the hard work she put in, the transparency in her weight loss journey, and even the work it took to reconnect with her body. But all things considered, most of her practices, or all of her practices, weren't consumed by the public. Had she even had private practices before she practiced with a full show ensemble. But we are entrepreneurs, and we haven't gotten used to it before. We have to get used to practicing in the spotlight now. But all hope is not lost. We aren't the only group of people who have to live this uncomfortable but necessary reality. And there is a group of people that can coach us through and guide us on how to be comfortable with being imperfect and learning our craft along the way as others watch. That group of people has been entertaining us for years, and they are comedians. Comedians understand what it's like to present your best finished product, and the only way to test if it's going to work is to practice in the spotlight. One of my favorite personalities to watch is Kevin Fredericks, also known as Kev on stage. And he stated a while ago that comedy is the only art form where you have to practice and perfect in front of an audience. You don't have a good joke until you tell it to someone. And even still, you have to work out the kinks on stage in front of an audience to make sure you have something solid. So we as entrepreneurs, we're in good company with comedians. Practicing the spotlight. Although it's not easy for them and us, and it is a bit uncomfortable, it is still possible. There are a few tips, actually, we can learn from comedians that we as entrepreneurs can benefit from. And Medium.com actually wrote an article on five things we can learn from stand-up comedians. So let's go through them and see if you agree. The first, comedians know experiential learning is the most effective type of learning. They hone their abilities by going up on stage and putting themselves out there by taking losses as they come. Then they take the information, keep what works, and get rid of what doesn't, plain and simple. The second thing we can learn from comedians is that haters are going to be smack dab in front of them when they're on stage and in front of us. For comedians, they're called hecklers. Comedians not only have to have the confidence and esteem to not let hecklers face them, they must also navigate the hecklers and use them to their advantage. 
The best comedians don't mind hecklers. Some even enjoy them. It allows them to add impromptu material to the act and enhances their performance. So if you're starting a business, you're going to have a lot of haters. But let them hate. Most are either resentful or don't have the balls to do what you're doing anyway. The third thing we can learn from entrepreneurs is that success takes time. Something I need to realize, right? Sure, they saw successes along the way, but these weren't breakout hits the minute they hit the screen. These were gigs leading to slightly better gigs, leading to slightly better gigs. And by repeatedly placing yourself in the position to succeed, you are exponentially increasing the probability that you will succeed, however long that takes. Number four of what we can learn from from comedians is that being an entrepreneur is a long-term investment. As a business owner, you probably won't be making rats on rats the first few years you open your doors. More than likely, you'll have two jobs at the same time, but you're fortunate enough to have the job you want, which is your business. And lastly, in the end, the market decides. That's it. If the people don't laugh, you don't lose. You lose. And as an entrepreneur, if the people don't buy, you lose. So don't focus on the small stuff. Prioritize your time effectively, and you'll be happy you did. And you can take it from a successful stand-up comedian everywhere that you can practice in the spotlight and build a successful business. So studying comedians can help us grow our confidence and comfortability in practicing the spotlight, encourage us to be resilient, and help us to keep going because achieving overwhelming success may take a while, and most importantly, remind you that you aren't the only one enduring this tough journey. At least, that's what I was able to learn from comedians. I admit it will still be an ongoing battle to not be hard on myself when I try something new, but I know better that building a brand and business will take time, and that if I view my failures as practice and I get comfortable with practicing in the spotlight, it doesn't matter who's watching me. I'm doing the work and putting in the effort to be successful with hard work, and always, always, always hard work brings reward. So if I can do it, you can too. Stop believing things will come easy to you, just like I had to do, and start getting comfortable that the only way to learn how to be successful is to go out there and try, regardless of who's watching your learning attempts. Your work will not be in vain. If you can learn to ignore the haters and block any internal internal negative self-talk, you'll have the resilience muscle you need to build the business of your dream. This has been another episode of the Fancied Fruit Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to give a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform you're listening to, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and more. And if you need some more good vibes and support throughout the week, you can find Fancy Fruit on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube where I give daily motivation and encouragement for you to not quit and keep pushing. Remember, God wouldn't give you the vision if it weren't possible. As your host, I'll be back in two weeks 
with another dose of transparency, inspiration, and encouragement to help you build your resilience, grow your confidence, and motivate you to keep going. Until next time, keep working to manifest your business because I'm your biggest cheerleader and I want to see you win.